Dum da dum 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 dum. This is a photo. What the fuck? Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I told. I, oh shit! I totally forgot I was recording. Um, I got a text and I got distracted, which is a, a normal thing for me because I have ADD. What's up, guys? Hey, good to see you again. Good to good to hear you. Good to uh, feel you in this in this uh, pod zone right now. We're in the we're in the pod zone. We're forty five seconds in to the pod zone. How does that feel? Do you guys feel good? Do you feel Do you feel welcomed? Warm? A warm welcome? I'm giving you a virtual hug right now. I know it feels nice. It feels good. It feels good for me to do it um, to you in a in a um, appropriate appropriate way. Um, what a weird intro that was for me to just to, wow! So disrespectful, so so unprofessional, but like in a cool way. It shows you like, oh man, he just does what he wants, and it's so real. You know, sometimes you're just gonna start the podcast like that. What? Not most of the time. Most of the time, I'll just say hey. But for that one. I wanted to, um, I guess, laugh and get distracted by um, a text from previous guest, Ivy Miller. She doesn't listen to this. Um, there's no way. Uh, but she's so hot that it just t- totally distracted me. You know how when someone is so hot, it you like can't think straight? I hope you do. I, ho- I hope you've met someone that hot. Um, it happens. It definitely happens. And if you're saying no, you're, you're, you're lying. You've met someone that hot. That's what she is. Um, it's like, you know, you just get mad. You're like, why, 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 why do you, why I can't think right now? Like if I had to give you my times tables, I'd fail. If you had a gun in my head, you were like, like what's seven times eight. But then you also showed me a picture of like a very hot girl. I'd be like, well, you might as well pull that trigger, dude, because uh, I can't think of anything. Because I'm a dumb guy. That's how guys were just. Most of us, not all of us, but most of us are just like so simple. Like I'm not kidding. Like a pair of tits, and you're just like, well, what was I supposed to do? Go, go save this burning house because I'm a firefighter. Yeah, no, I'm gonna look at these tits for a little bit. That's kind of how it is. Um. This feels good. <laughs> this feels good. Um, Lucy Goosey, man, started it out. So happy that you returned. So happy that you're here. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, this little intro, and then I, I gotta, I gotta hop into bed, psychos. I gotta hop into bed because I almost call myself daddy. Not doing that. Um, because your boy better. Uh, not the best, but better. Your boy has a flight tomorrow, 8.15 a.m., um, and I just think I'm thinking I'm going to sleep through it. I'm so scared. I'm going to set 16 alarms, um, but I got to go to sleep because I'm going to North Carolina for Thanksgiving. Super stoked. I know you're stoked to hear about it. You're so happy. Um, you're like, hey, dude, when the fuck are you going to tell me who the guest is? Um, Give me a second because I'm trying to let you slowly ease into it you know some of you guys like this um like these these beginnings some of you just fast forward and hey man 
Go ahead. Go ahead and fast forward. I'm okay with that. I, I welcome it. It's a free country. Your phone is yours. Go ahead and just fast forward that puppy all the way to probably about 9 minutes, 45 seconds. And um, start listening to the episode with... Dan Wender, baby. Dan Wender. He is uh, the co-founder of Rinsed, which is a uh, really awesome, um, like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a, it's just a party. It's an underground, like, um, EDM house, uh, more house, not EDM. Underground house party in New York City. I've been to uh, a bunch of them. They're awesome. Dan, if you're listening to this intro and you're like, why why did he just describe my company so poorly? Um, It's because I'm, I'm, I don't have copy in front of me, you know? And I don't have a perfect copy in front of me saying, this is what it is. It's rinsed. It's the, they're an event company that plans amazing interactive house parties, okay? Great DJs, art installations, um, a, a lot of cool shit, to be honest. Um, some of the, One of the reasons I love the parties is uh, good music. I like house music, but... Uh, it's always a different theme, and 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 also just they they like the the production is cool. Like I I worked at one where I was a bellhop, like the bellhop from um that Wes Anderson movie, uh, the Budapest Hotel. Um, and it was cool. I was basically renting rooms out to people for thirty minutes at a time, uh, basically to fuck. Um, almost guaranteed that it was for them to fuck, or you know get domed up <laughs> get domed up or just you know freaking some girl sit on some guy's face you know some shit like that pretty chill uh oh my sisters listen to this um <laughs> yeah so I, I i was i was helping rent out those rooms very very you know underground no rules just like just house baby and uh, he's he's one of my best friends, Austin's brother. Shout out to Austin if you're listening to this intro. I love you, man. I miss you. Uh, and uh, he was great, dude. Like really, it was it was an, a great interview um, because we not only talked about the inception and how rinsed grew. Um, I wouldn't say peaked, but but peaked in a certain sense. And then Dan kind of wanted to take it a different way and realized that. Uh, but it went through all the stuff that I think is very interesting to see how he made this very successful party that over a thousand people would attend. Um, but then we also talk about how in the beginning he went to Aruba as a rogue lionfish uh, hunter, which is pretty cool, with uh, slingshot spears. Pretty awesome. No guide. No, um, no like. I mean, you don't have to be sanctioned to do it, but he's just like, yeah, I'm going to go to Aruba for a week and uh, hunt lionfish and then also just drink on the beach and stay in some guy's really nice house, which is pretty sick. It's a good representation of like who Dan is as a person as much as I can tell as as, as what he seems like to me. Um, It's cool. Listen, why, what the fuck am I saying? Um, you're going to like it. It's great. I know you are. Because I put out good shit, okay? That's why you're going to like it. <clears throat> Definitely do that right into the mic. 
Uh, and if you're, if you're a newcomer from Rinsed, hello, welcome, thank you, stick around, subscribe, and freaking leave a rate and review this puppy. And if you've been listening and you haven't rated and reviewed, um, please do it, because it helps, and it's just nice to do, you know? It's like, oh, hey, he likes it, I'm going to keep doing it, because I love doing it, but I love hearing from you guys. No one, uh, oh, shout out to David Goldmans, he reached out, said he likes the pod, love that. I love it when you guys actually like tell me you listen to it. And like I said, if you screenshot yourself listening to it, I'll shout you out on my Instagram. And if there's someone you want me to, to hit up in New York or LA, um, tell me because I like will hit them up. I'm hitting up a bunch of people, trying to get them on the show, trying to keep it interesting, different for you guys, and um, show how indeed we are all psychos. Because some people are like, oh yeah, what's what's the, the point of um, the title? I'm going to be totally honest, I just like that title. Um, it's also just true, we were all insane. And I think further on, I will maybe, like, I'm probably going to be like, oh, what's one crazy thing about you that you think? Or what's a crazy thought that you think no one else has had? And and maybe I, I might start doing a second episode where I just talk about all the crazy thoughts that have been going on in my head the past week and read some of yours, you know? You guys send me your thoughts anonymously, and then I just read them out. Or you send me your thoughts, not anonymously. I mean, you could send them anonymously. I don't know. Um but you send them and I'm not going to say your name, but then I talk about it. And then I'm like, yo, you're not that psycho. Uh, 20 other people are probably thinking like that as well. Because we bring come together to talk about how we're all insane. Um, damn. 35 seconds. This, I'm about to literally be at 9.45. I want to talk more, but for some reason I want to stick to that. So, that timeline. Oh, God. Two seconds. So, without further ado, here's the, the words you love to hear. Here is Dan Wender. Are you crazy? 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 We're all psychos. You like that? You like that? With Dylan Paladino. You think there are any doctors that are also vets? Well, vets are really interesting to me because, like, a human doctor needs to know about human biology okay you know human conditions yes vets it's very broad they have to know about you know about lots of different animals like the heart and the spleen of a horse is not in the same place as a guinea pig as a guinea pig and that's always kind of blown my mind do you think it's like a similar layout though or well those are both examples of mammals but yeah you bring in a like a gecko Okay, but who's bringing in a gecko to... People a... bring their geckos. Okay. How... If you have a gecko and it gets sick, <laughs> where you, you're taking it to a vet. Are you? Or you are. are you just letting it die? I mean, I don't know if there are specialists. There might be okay. specialists that like specialize in different species. But I'm pretty sure that like vets have to know everything. Every animal. You know? And like that... We're talking... We're not even talking about... Like we're talking about a completely different... Genus, but we're talking about like cold blooded versus warm blooded. You need to know reptilian People have pet snakes, mammalian. Yeah, you know? how the fuck do you locate what's on a snake? What if your yeah? What if your snake is sick? If your snake is sick, like where do you, where's the heart of a snake? It's just one big tube. They gotta cut the entire thing open. That's what they gotta do. Might as well get a new snake. You might as well point. just get a new snake, yeah. unless it's like a special anaconda from the Amazon. Well, then, then it's harder to get a new snake, but still equally difficult to find where its body parts are. 
How much does how much does snake go for these days? How much we think in a snake? A boa? Is? Yeah. You could just go down to Florida and just pick pick, <laughs> just one, pick out one out of the Everglades, man. They're infesting the Everglades. I don't know Not if you good. know about that problem. No, I don't. Tell they're, me about they're it. They're a heavily invasive species in the Florida Everglades. What happened? So, it was a hurricane. As I know a lot about invasive species. That, Why is that? That I don't. I mean, I I just took a trip where. The primary function was to take lionfish out of the sea with a spear. Oh, wait, did you go to Belize? I went to Bermuda, but it's everywhere, and it all started oh, in Florida. and did you do the thing where you, like, Slingshot. shack up for a week, and then you just, every day, are, like, harpooning them with the little mini, um... Well, I'm not very coordinated. Yeah, yeah. But my friend caught, it, yeah. my friends caught several lionfish. Really? Yeah. Did you get any? I shot... Okay, you shot a lot. Uh, not even a lot. Maybe. You shot your shot, but you didn't hit. I shot my shot. I missed. I could. There are so many fish I could have killed, but you're you're only allowed to kill. The well, because the lionfish are like invasive. Dangerous invasive. But it's the same thing with with the boas in uh, in the Everglades. There was a hurricane. Maybe uh-huh. it was Hurricane Michael. Maybe it was Hurricane yeah. Harvey. Irene Harvey. Harvey was uh, Houston, right? Uh, yeah, Harvey was Houston. Yeah. Could have been. Harvey was Houston. Could I can't I don't have a good Yeah, I can't remember that. It was a it was but okay. I will say that hurricanes happen. Yeah. Animals are kept. Seawater rises. Okay. Animals are released. You're saying from homes or from zoos? From zoos, from aquariums, from uh. pet stores. So there were some boas, I think, at like a pet store or something. They got out of the Illegally hurricane. or I think they were legal at oh, okay. the time. Uh-huh. At the time of their escape, they, they were, were legal. Then they flooded into the streets of Florida. Okay, and ended they... up in the Everglades. Started eating all the shit. The alligators were pissed. Yeah, because they never had that's any their, competition. That's, that's their hood. Yeah, that's their hood. Yeah. And then now, when, next thing you know, you got like twelve foot boas in the in the Everglades. Apparently, they're going after gators too. Yeah, like I mean, they, they'll what, kill a gator. You? Yeah, that's crazy. They can kill things. They Fuck. don't need to fit in their mouths. They can just kind of constrict. wrap around them and, and murder them. They'll constrict, and then they'll slowly eat them. Uh huh. I mean, this is another reason why Florida is a problem. Well, one of the thousand reasons. Yeah. Other problems with Florida. Hey, well, they recently passed that thing, so now uh, yeah, that's, one point four million people got their voting rights that's back. That's a problem right? fixed. Yeah, problem fixed. One problem fixed. One problem fixed. Yeah. Boas still at five hundred million. Five hundred million still there. Yeah. So what was it like in Belize? What was going on? Or not Belize? I was in, in Bermuda. Uh, Bermuda. How was in Bermuda? Bermuda. Bermuda's fabulous. Yeah. I recommend going to Bermuda if you have a friend of a friend who lives there. Okay, you need to have someone there that is you from there? You need to know somebody there, because okay. otherwise it's too expensive. Oh, is it really? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like an island in the middle. There's nothing there. Yeah. They don't grow really anything there. Yeah. So what do you... <laughs> is it like uh, an island where you go and you try and get... I, I went to Turks and Caicos, and uh, almond butter was $30. It's like that, except even more extreme, because there's nothing nearby at all. It's in the middle of the ocean. It's like uh, it's a th- it's eight hundred miles off the coast of South Carolina, just due east. Just due east. So there's nothing at all, other than Jeez. rum, which they don't even make there, and that's it. Fish. All they have are fish. So is the fish cheap to eat? Yeah, because you go yeah. out with a spear and you kill uh-huh. it, and then you bring it home and barbecue it. That sounds nice. That's nice. And okay. if you have a friend 
who happened to have hooked up with a divorcee. Nice. Whose ex-husband was a Bermudian. Uh-huh. Then you're cooking with gas. Then you're good. Ah, okay. Yeah. Then you're staying at someone's place. Then you're crashing. I thought you were doing it through like a... a Habitat for uh, yeah, exactly through some organization. No, no, you were no, you're vigilante we were, killing. Yeah, we were renegades. Okay, Perhaps we actually made the news. Really, we made the news. We made the Bermuda Gazette. What happened? Well, we were out lionfish hunting with spears. Uh, my buddy Harrison, his friend uh, Tim, and his girlfriend, and some other girl i don't i don't remember what her name was doesn't matter it doesn't it fully doesn't matter yeah it's over i mean this is again low stakes low stakes doesn't, doesn't baby. matter low stakes but um uh-huh. we were out uh spear fishing okay. i my mask sucked i had a really bad mask so i went back to the shore snorkeling or snorkeling my or snorkeling scuba mask. okay free diving that's how you get these fuckers Ugh, yeah how deep you gotta get down pretty deep really maybe 30 feet okay are you are you good at equalizing i'm good at equalizing but i need a mask that's good otherwise it it bothers me dude i i didn't realize what equalizing was because i'd never like dove down more than seven eight feet and then uh this summer with austin we we were um i was snorkeling he wasn't even i don't think he was there we were snorkeling he wasn't but uh i went out snorkeling yeah and i tried to go down like there was a reef and I tried to go through this little hole that another guy went through. And I, I went through the hole, but my f- head was killing me yeah, on the man. way up. You got to equalize. And I even tried to down there where you like, you know, hold your, you hold your nose and you blow out. And it didn't like, you need to, le- your body needs to learn how to do it though. Yeah. Because when I first tried doing it, it didn't work and it just felt weird. And then I would like immediately run out of there and then have to come back up. The sinuses are very sensitive. The sinuses, man. You got to be oh careful with your sinuses. You got to be careful with those sinuses. Yeah. But then you get good and you can go down 30 feet. You can. You can go down 50 feet. a fish. Absolutely. So we were all out. Okay. And uh, I saw some fish that weren't lionfish. So I just gave up and sat down and had a beer back on the shore. And uh-huh. everyone was out for a while. And I heard some screaming. And I assumed everyone was just Got like oh. giggling and yeah, having yeah. a good time. And then uh, my buddy comes back with a big ass fish. And we're all like very happy that he lionfish the fish. though lionfish. They're not, I don't think they were that big. No, they can get like a foot, foot and a oh, half. Oh shit! Yeah, big ones. Absolutely, wow. they're unchecked. They have no natural predators. Except my story is going to prove for my it. own statement wrong. I'm back. My buddy comes back with a fish. Before I came back, a girl had caught a fish. And then I mm. saw see her come back with no fish. And then there's one guy still out there. Mm. And she says, oh, I gave Tim my fish. And he was like, saw another fish. So he's trying to get that. So he'll be back soon with both the fish. About 10 minutes later, Tim comes up. No fish, no spear. What happened, Tim? Oh, Tim. So Tim is coming back with two of the fish, so he says. Big-ass shark smashes him on the side. Oh. And goes for the fish. He, like, manages to wrestle the thing away from him. One of the fish. Well, they're both on this one spear. Oh, okay. So the shark goes for it, and he manages to, like... I don't know why he wouldn't have just given just it like to the shark immediately. Immediately, yeah. immediately leave. But he, he wrangles it away from the shark, and then he sees the shark circling him as he's oh, trying to shit. swim back and circling him. Wait, is there not a boat? 
You no, guys, we're just we just went out from the beach because you're renegade. Yeah, because oh, we're because we're renegades. Oh this yeah. is why you don't go renegade because there's fucking sharks that you don't know about. Well, everybody in Bermuda is like, we don't have sharks in Bermuda. It's not a problem here. What kind of shark? It was a dusky shark. How big are they? They're like you know seven feet. Dusky shark. Dusky shark. It's a shark. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is a shark. It's a shark with teeth. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's, that's a, a shark. shark yeah, yeah, right? that's it's a straight not like up a little baby. That's like that's, if you drew a shark, sh- that would, yeah, those, yeah. um, yeah, I wouldn't really fuck with that. that I could, wouldn't fuck with that, that either. That could bite your entire arm off. <laughs> that could definitely cause trouble for you. Yeah, that is a big, <laughs> how how big do these sharks get? I wonder what they, they get. Say. I think they get up, up to, you know, seven or eight feet, maybe. 4.2, 14, 14 feet. feet. Holy shit. And 765 <laughs> pounds in weight. Yeah. Wow. So this guy, this shark knocks him on his side and he wrangles the fish away from him. And then the shark's circling him and the shark goes in for the fish again. And uh-huh. the second time he was less brave. He gave the he fish gave the shark. to the shark. Okay. Yeah. And then... Uh, He's like a marathon runner and kind of like this like doesn't lo- really help in the water, hero. but yeah, yeah. But he's a local hero. He's got like a little street cred in Bermuda. And the next day, it was written about in the Gazette. Shark gets lionfish from local non-Bermudan from local boy, local maniac, local maniac who's having an affair with a <laughs> yeah. divorced woman. Exactly. Damn. But you know, it's uh, it's interesting for two reasons. One, that that happened, and I was nearby. And two, it might be a good sign that the sharks are acquiring tastes for lionfish. Well, how does the problem? But the thing is, lionfish, if people don't know, they're extremely poisonous. They are poisonous. um, I don't know if they're deadly to humans, um, but I know if you I know if you prick one, like your entire wherever it gets pricked will like swell up, up, yeah, and then it hurts for like a couple days after. It's terribly painful. But if you eat it, I think I thought if you don't eat it correctly, it can be. So you just have to cut the spines off. Okay. A lot of people don't know the venom is two thirds of the way up the spine. Oh, okay. So if you cut the spine at the body, you're safe. And the food's actually pretty good. I mean, you don't get a ton of meat, but it's it's pretty good. And um, yeah, I mean. The biggest problem is they're from the South Pacific, so the uh, the sharks in this neck of the woods don't know they can eat them because they've never seen them before, which is how they've been able to proliferate the reefs. Oh, okay. So it's they have no natural predators. But in how the can Atlantic these sharks Ocean. eat this? How can they eat the fish without the spines fucking they them up? Eat, they like, just they eat tires, dude. <laughs> yeah, but tires don't have <laughs> venom in them, bro. Yeah, but they've got rubber in them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like sharks can eat anything. I think the Pacific sharks will eat these things. They don't care. But oh. Atlantic sharks are like, what the fuck is this fish? Or it that- stays away from it. Maybe a couple of them. Because they, if they get pricked, they obviously know like something's going to happen. Yeah, and they avoid them. I mean, they're also like they're in the little caves at the bottom. Of they hide. The, they hide. They hide. But I couldn't see. I never saw one. Oh, I so only you didn't saw even have a chance to shoot one. I didn't even one. see it. You know, like every now and then somebody would scream, oh, you go yeah, yeah. and then he's like, "Who's down there?" And then uh-huh. you can't see it unless you like know what that looks like. You need a water. flashlight, man. You need a flashlight, which I also didn't have. You need a flashlight, or you need uh, like a night <laughs> night vision for underwater. Yeah, underwater night vision. Yeah, yeah. but these you, these you, uh, you, UNV they're they're out there and people are getting them. And there's like in Bermuda, they have lots of really strict laws about not spearfishing unless you're a mile off the shore but um, it, it's fair game to fair shoot game for a lionfish you can kill whatever you want yeah wow 
Yeah. That's, I mean, I heard about it in Belize because they have a big problem there too. Yeah. And they will, there are like trips you can go out. This is what I thought you did. There are trips where you can go out and you get like Tons partially, you get like partially subsidized room and board and you're out on this island and then they teach you how to either snorkel. I think you might snorkel. They, they, they teach you how to spear them yeah. and how to cut them off and then they make jewelry with them and stuff and they also eat them and they're trying to really push lionfish meat for everyone to eat. Yeah. Uh, and it's a big deal because I guess, what, someone brought one over and then... Same shit, Florida. You oh, can it was blame Florida? Florida. It was a hurricane in Florida. That that there was an it? aquarium or a pet store or whatever with uh-huh. a bunch of lionfish. They I remember when I was a kid, you saw them in the in the pet store. They're like an ornamental fish. Yeah, yeah, because they, they look really nice. They look really nice. Yeah, they're very pretty. So they're in the pet stores, and then a hurricane came and it flooded the pet store, and these things got out. And wow. they one lionfish can lay two million eggs or something like that. Holy yeah. So you get one of these things on a reef, and it's game. They eat all the little fish. They're oh, slow. Okay. They're, they look weird. Nobody knows to fear them, you know? So nobody's Damn. like, they're just, because they're not supposed to be there, they just like can do whatever they want. The sharks don't eat them. The little fish aren't afraid of them. And they'll just ransack a reef like game over. Well, and nothing will try and eat it. Nothing will try to eat it. The only thing you can do is try to spear as many of them as possible or hope that the, lo- that, that the sharks eventually we'll acquire a, a taste for them. Yeah. Damn. But the same thing happened with the boas in the in the Everglades. There was like a pet store or a zoo or something. A huge boa got out, and then they just like spread all over the Everglades. Jesus. Yeah. Did so, you think that the show today was going to be mainly about, about invasive species? I mean, to be honest, like you're in Florida. You're. In, I mean, that wasn't what that wasn't supposed to be the first part of the show. Yeah. There were supposed to be different segments, and that okay. was definitely one of them. Yeah. But I want to. Are there any other invasive species that you're trying to? Well, what's next? Are you going to go to Florida and try and start killing snakes? Uh, I've heard that that's happening. I heard that there's hunters that are I like mean, snake meat's pretty good, from what I recall. I haven't. I haven't had it, but I heard it's. Yeah, I've heard it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's yeah. like I mean, tastes like chicken. Yeah, I mean, you can make anything. Yeah. Almost. I don't know that I'm really going to take this cause up personally, <laughs> but I think I will go back to Bermuda and do it again. But yeah. I don't think that will be the primary. Focus. There's other great things to do in Bermuda. Besides spearfish, what are yeah. what are the other good things? Um, they have these like two stroke uh, mopeds. Yeah, because that's what they use to get around, right? Yeah. There's, so like, but almost like, no cars. They're so light and and dangerous. It's like driving around on a little chainsaw. Really? So that's really fun. Oh, yeah. it's fun to almost die. Yeah, um, it's so like every. It's just like I was having this conversation with someone the other day. It's it's like. Uh, active unsafety you know Mm -hmm. like there are situations you'll find yourself in in life where you're just like passively safe like right now we're we're very passively safe right now like we don't have to do a whole lot our safety meter is like uh, is almost it'll never be exactly a 10 but it's like close like like, we're so likely to stay safe exactly for the next hour like the chances of anything bad happening are almost zero almost zero yeah yeah you know but like on a little chainsaw, like driving through Bermuda, which is a curvy place, like you're every actively second, in you're, danger. You're actively in danger. But it's kind of it's fun. You get it that adrenaline fun. rush, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, I was thinking about it. And it's just like, like all you have to do is flick your wrist, you uh-huh. know, like a, a fraction oh, move of a millimeter, the wheel and, a little bit, and, you're and then you're die. flipped. You're yeah, flipped. You're gonna die. You're done. Yeah. You know. But that's what makes it fun, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, it's fun. It's you think about fun. it. Yeah. I mean, that's what you when you every time you're in a car. Sometimes I think about like, have you ever, you've ever been in a car and you're like, 
I could just turn this wheel to the right and slam into the car. <laughs> yeah, 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 of right. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't do it because you're you don't not do it. a psychopath, I but mean, you have those thoughts. Absolutely, of course. And I think a car is a good example, but it's just an extreme example to be the on moped. a motorbike because it's really like a car. Yes, you crash, you can injure yourself severely, you could certainly die. Yeah. But you have a shell, you have an exoskeleton. Exactly. These, uh, I want to like, look up Bermuda. What, what are they? Um, yeah, just like a 50cc moped. moped. Yeah. There you go. You'll find it. I want to look up a video. Oleander. That's where we go. Oleander? From. Yeah. That's it. Let's see. GoPro, how to ride a moped in Bermuda. Let's see if this is any good. I mean, we all know how to. Yeah, ride I mean, a moped if you don't, if you're listening, don't know, how to ride, <laughs> don't know how to ride a moped specifically it in with Bermuda. Rum. <laughs> Whoa. Here we go. All right. Oh, this is fascinating stuff. Okay, there they are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you have to drive on the wrong side. That's oh. something that you need to remember. This guy's got a horrible... This is just a very terribly edited video in general. <laughs> what, Like, what's your purpose, bro? He's also holding it on a selfie stick. Okay, he's like, I don't care about how to rent it. I want to see you... Here we go. Yeah, okay. there you go. Now, you... see, that's it. Okay. They're just a little tiny little chainsaw. Look how chains. small it is compared to that, man. Oh yeah. yeah, this is like the thing that you know in certain states. Um, if you if you uh, get a like a drunk driving thing, this is the only thing you can drive. Like in North Carolina, if you're if you get a DUI, you're in order to get to and from work, you're allowed to only drive one of these. That seems so counterintuitive. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, you're you're banned from driving the like fairly safe thing. But like, who are you gonna kill on one of these, man? Unless you're like true. right in front of a school and then you gun it into the quad, like you're pretty good. What you're doing is you're just shifting the risk exactly from the public to the driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know? they're like, you know what? If anything's gonna happen, this guy will definitely be dead. Yeah. So you know, we, there's nothing we can do because he'll be gone. He, totally. he or she will be gone. Yeah. Here you go. You're in a car. You can kill pedestrians on this. Yes. All, you can only kill you yourself. You can only kill yourself and maybe like a 95-year-old person already out the door. Totally. Right, yeah. Let's hear Let's hear what this sounds like. <laughs> Ugh, it's, it's really just a, a terribly produced video. <laughs> uh, oh, whoa. he puts in music? Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Fuck this guy, Fuck man. Fuck this guy. SDK's Adventure, Adventure Channel, 4.1 thousand subscribers. Holy shit. I'm giving this a thumbs down. Whoa. <laughs> uh, oh my god. His net. Is that bad? I mean, you just threw off oh, the whole shit, momentum. Oh shit, because it was nine likes. It was nine. And zero dislikes. Honestly. Should I take the dislike away? I don't uh, know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe just keep yeah. it. You know? Or take it away. You know what? I'll take this it away. Be, he it's his he only, doesn't deserve this. He doesn't deserve yeah. it. I wonder if he got an email notification about that. Yeah. He, no, he definitely did. Yeah? With only 4.1 thousand subscribers, he definitely did. Oh, my God. He oh probably freaked for a second. Yeah. <laughs> but now, now he's going to go over. back and it's going to be okay. gone. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're in Bermuda. He's going to think he lost his mind. <laughs> are you Are you going Are you going to be uh, hunting the snakes or not? No. That'd be fun, dude. No snakes. No snake hunting? No snake hunting. No snake hunting. No, I mean at least you're like you're doing two things at once when you're hunting for lionfish. You're like snorkeling. You're seeing all the beautiful things. You're like looking at the coral. And then if you happen to see a thing, you it's like a little slingshot. Yeah, yeah. You just launch it at the thing. What does it look like? What is it called? A spear? Yeah. Is it no? But it's like a specific. <laughs> fuck you. Like it's like a sling spear, spear, maybe. Call it. A, look for sling spear. 
Sling spear fishing. Yeah, that's this? it. That's it. That's a lionfish pole. Boom. Oh. It even says lionfish pole. Lionfish right pole. Okay. Yeah, that's it. That so looks a slingshot. really hard. It's a slingshot with a thing at the end of it. Yeah. What? Uh-huh. So you just wind it up on your arm, and then it just, the sling just like launches oh, that into the Oh, I thought it was fish. a gun. This looks even gun. harder than... No, this is analog, dude. This is it is analog and it's got five wow it's got yeah. five point uh-huh. five point spear well you don't want to miss although You're if right. you do miss they're so stupid they'll let you try again oh the fish yeah they're like there's no idea what's going unfazed. on they just hang out like i've seen people miss them and just so they deserve to die because they're so they, they dumb fully do deserve to die a hundred percent for all the bad things they're doing yeah, they're terrible. Who who cares about lionfish? So on your free time, you're mm-hmm. trying to uh, help get rid of invasive species. On my free time. At, while at the same time enjoying a beer on the beaches of Bermuda. Totally. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Uh-huh. And then, did you go with your girlfriend? No, so? I went with my buddy Harrison. Nice. Okay, cool. You might know Harrison. I probably met him at one of the parties. He's the guy who makes the robes. The robes. Shout out vestment robes. Vestment robes for what? Your For rinse parties? I mean, he, yeah, we wear them there. The ro- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're not for. They're not only. It's, it's yeah, a yeah, fashion yeah. company. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He Shut makes robes. It. What's it called? Loungewear. What's it called? If you're, it's called vestment. 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 Nyc. Vestment. If you're looking for an upscale robe, yeah, to do prescription pills in, <laughs> in your chateau, then you should go with vestment robe. <laughs> oh my god! They're handmade I- in the United States. Handmade. Using the softest silk possible, not silk, not silk, softer than that. Oh, uh, what we're talking Micro about? Micro cotton poly blends. Oh, with just fabulous prints that so distort depending on how many mushrooms you've uh, taken, exactly, or how many prescription dogs you've taken. Absolutely, yeah. There's two pockets. One Great. for the uppers, one for, for the, the downers. Okay. So you, know? you get a nice, clean middle of the road. Yeah. I mean, just that's kind of the upscale way. That's Yeah, that's what you do in the chateau. That's what you do. That's what you do yeah. in your chateau. When you're the in sh- the suburbs and you've reached that <laughs> age where you're, you're kind of over mourning your empty nest, <laughs> that's when it's time for you to get a vestment robe, uh-huh. put some speed in the right pocket, <laughs> put some... Some anxiety pills in the left Yeah, pocket. and then just write it out for and then just rock a weekend. Yeah. yeah, you might read a Stephen King novel. You might, you might start a new business. You might start a new business. Yeah, you might start a competitive robe business with vestment. With and, vestment, and then they just take you out. Yeah, and then they'll just throttle you, and you'll be really <laughs> sad that you made that choice. There's but you won't failure. matter because uh-huh. there's also a rear pocket for for the painkillers that you'll take. <laughs> At the end of the night to let you go to sleep? Well, no, just because you're so crushed that uh, investment is a better robe you than over. your yeah. company that you'll have to you'll have to really uh, anesthetize yourself. Yeah, you've got it all planned out. I mean, you know, are these the people that come one, to your parties? One minute at a time. Well, at the risk of people who come to my parties overhearing this. Uh huh. Well, that's the whole goal, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> then I'll say a different demographic. <laughs> Okay. To listen in. Well, then I'll say nothing. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. How did so? How did this start? How did rinsed start? It's been going on for how long? It's been going on for eight years. Eight years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rinsed started because Bobby and me. Bobby is my partner. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Blackie too. Right? Blackie too is his stage his name. DJ he has another name now. He is called uh, Material Witness. Material Witness. He's trying to keep everyone on their toes. Got it. Make sure no one gets too comfortable. Good. Um, we were interning for another promoter and trying to throw a party. There was another friend involved, Quinn. Quinn. Okay. Shout out if you're listening, Quinn. And I think the three of us were just very sick of getting like horrendous gigs. Uh huh. Like we're talking like, you know, worse. like, do you guys want to open up at the library this weekend or, Oh, what yeah. library? I don't know. I'm not, it's hyper- hyperbolic slightly. Okay. Got it. I but thought you meant like, like the bar. <laughs> no, okay. no, but like worse than that. Just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There was a place called Sapphire Lounge. It oh, was God. run by this like really sleazy guy. Then we tried to do a party at like the, like, jose clemente community center or something Mm -hmm. and it was just like you know five people came and it was just really pathetic and we couldn't get any good gigs and Uh as djs as djs we wanted to be djs this is 2007 2008 this is when being a dj was just starting to come up as cool it was starting to become cool and it seemed like a way to do something musical without needing to be good at it (laughs) (laughs) how'd you get that you always been into like I guess electronic music or like no, making music. No, I was music a musician my my whole like high school time. As I was like a guitar player and a singer. Was guitar the band. first thing you played? Yeah. When did you first start playing? Eleven. Uh, Eleven. Twelve. Okay. Yeah. But I was an okay guitar player. I was really good at getting high and <laughs> and like getting bands to play with each other yeah yeah so we always had bands Jam austin bands. was in a band somebody was Got in it. a band not really jammy we were we were like in the era of like the strokes so we just it was kind of about like destructive rock music anti-establishment yeah just not even just like anti-sobriety oh okay just kind of like yeah. you know breaking things accidentally not on purpose oh like actually uh, yeah yeah just stumbling because uh, you're just so zonked out. Because you're just kind of a mess and you don't really care. Even though you're 13 and haven't touched a prescription pill yet. Not, yeah, not yet, but very shortly after. after. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, we were all just, we all wanted to be musicians. And this and was in Long Island? This was in Long Island. Okay. And then I went to school in Philadelphia. That's where I met this guy, Quinn. I went to Drexel. I went to Drexel. Went right, to Drexel. Cool. Got kicked out after the first semester for smoking for what? weed. For smoking weed. Smoking weed. Zero tolerance policy. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What happened? A RA caught you or something? Yeah, it was really fucked up. I don't like. What happened? I thought I put the towel on the door or something. You know. Okay. Somebody knocked and I didn't answer, mm-hmm. and then they came in. And... Oh, they opened it with the key. Yeah, and I threw the weed out the window. They didn't even find it, but they like smelled it, and uh-huh. that was it. They kicked me out. They kicked you out for smell? For smell. That's they, bullshit. They kicked me out for smell. They at least that wouldn't hold up in a court of law. Not. I mean, nowadays you could go buy it. On, you you could buy it at, at like the Apple Store. For real? Yeah. I mean, the weed, I smoke weed in yeah, yeah. Well, weed in L.A. Literally, it's like Med at Men. an Apple store. Medmen. Medmen. That's what it is. Med. Mind that's blowing. the name. Medmen. Yeah. I walked in there the first yeah. time, and I like almost started crying. I was like, "This is the future." Yeah. And this place is beautiful, and I feel like I can get a computer here. Yeah. And like a great indica. It's like, true. <laughs> a great. I mean, I go in there and I'm like, "Do you have any weed that has no THC in it?" 
Yeah, CBD. That's and the they're shit. the ones that say yes. Yeah. But every other dispensary in LA, I've gone to tons of dispensaries. Yeah. They're like, what do you mean you don't want THC? And I'm, I'm like, like, I don't want to get well, high, dude. Yeah, I yeah. like to smoke it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't want to know that I smoked it. Yeah, afterwards. yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, I just want to, I want my, <laughs> my legs Which to is a great nice. shift from, from my original intention of smoking weed what was your original intention to get high to just get yeah just get you know like, just high for no reason as every yeah. as every other as, as people are want yeah would tell you but now yeah anyway different times yeah we so were in got bands kicked out. got kicked out um but i met this guy quinn who was from london at okay. the time and and dance music was big in london and he put me on to all this shit at the time, there was a lot of like kind of crossover things happening. Why is it that almost like a majority of DJs, I feel like, come out of Britain? Britain, do you know Britain why? is cold and rainy, okay, and pretentious in, <laughs> in a really good way. I think. Uh-huh. I think they're they're snobby and they have really good taste. A lot of them, yeah. Some of them definitely don't. Are we talking about but the music? We're talking about the music and the people who like that music. Um, and he just had amazing taste. Like, there, was, I'd heard dance music. But he hadn't liked it. But it was just, it wasn't really compelling. And then he was just like, It was like, like Sandstorm or whatever, shit. yeah. Yeah, fully. That was like my, that was yeah, my yeah. like knowledge of dance music. And this guy is just like check out all this uk funky check out all yeah. this uk garage check out all this shit that's like actually musical Good. It's yeah, like, yeah and it's like sing-along party shit but it's not like cheesy it's like it's cheesy in its own way you but it's move like, to it yeah yeah it's really good okay. so we got into that we started we did a big party in la um we i got kicked out of school uh-huh. quinn dropped out of school and then we moved to la to go to like music school not a real school like Otis or no? It's no, the Musicians Sun. Institute. It's oh. on Hollywood Boulevard. It it's like a pay-to-play. Like, yeah, it's like, not a school. You know, it's not an actual school. I think you get a certificate. I don't even think I got the certificate. So you dropped out. You or you got you got kicked out, yeah. and then are you immediately moving to LA? Like, what are your parents saying? I mean, because you're 18, right? Yeah, they were pissed off. Yeah, <laughs> but they were also more supportive. at the school or more at you. They were pissed off at the school. They were pissed off at me. Uh huh. But. My parents aren't shining examples of <laughs> how to behave, you know? Why do you say that? <laughs> My father dropped out of high school oh. to become a musician. Oh, he dropped out of high school? Out of high school. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he dropped out of high school. Oh, wow. He went right on the road. So he was like... He went for it. He, he went for it. He and this was in what, he the succeeded. 60s? This was in the late se- 60s, early 70s. Okay, he dropped out of high school. Dropped out of high school. So like, what, 16, 17? He, he was like, fuck yeah, it, I'm- he left. He went on the tour with Albert King and Damn. Like Dr. John and all these people. I don't know. Lots of people. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, you know, there wasn't like they were disappointed, but mm-hmm. they weren't like heartbroken. Yeah. And yeah. I said, I'm gonna go out to LA and I'm gonna learn a craft and then I'll have a craft to learn. So I went Your out there to study like the, engineering and the they, example I set. Yeah. So anyway, mom did, was is, was mom musically inclined or Yeah, my mom was in the record business. Oh, I didn't for, know that. Yeah, for like 20 years. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, she worked at Warner Brothers. Oh, okay. So they were both involved in it. Yeah, they were involved. They were supportive. They were down. Yeah. So I moved in with this guy, Quinn. Mm-hmm. 
and we you're in la you're 18 years old we're in LA. maybe 19 yeah you're like i'm gonna do it man yeah this is happening fuck this college. is like the beginning of yeah. the blog house revolution you know justice record the justice's first record had just come out yeah yeah yeah. like this digitalism record had just come out that was like really like kind of fu- all this shit that was kind of fusing the rock that i really liked when i was a kid mm-hmm. with like dance music and then we learned you know he taught me all about british dance music and it became like you know uh something that we were both really into he was really from a wealthy family so he bought nice. all the equipment and we had like a fucking nightclub in our apartment oh sweet and we started doing it and making rec- like making mixtapes and shit like that and then we had this big party and the party was called Off With Your Head's really terrible name, but perfectly it on seems, the nose yeah, for yeah. L.A. at that moment. Definitely. It seems like <laughs> people would hear that and be like, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, they loved it. So we got this big warehouse and we threw... How did you promo- How did you get all the people to come? That's, that, yeah. is, that is the question. Yeah. What? So in 2007 or eight or whenever we did this... Okay. The internet was not what it is now. Like there it was, was MySpace. Ago, yeah. Like, yeah, people shit. Were still it was using MySpace. MySpace hardcore. Yeah, that's what it was. You know? That that's like what it Facebook. Was. I think was just starting. Yeah, and you had to be. I A think college. one of the Ivies. Yeah, yeah, totally. So we were like, we were on MySpace. Uh-huh. We started a MySpace. Off with your heads, or I think we were called Up All Night Productions, and the party was called Nice. Uh, so people knew what they were getting into. Yeah, yeah, totally. We did this really like somehow we got this gig at this place in on Hollywood Boulevard, and it it was like this frat sorority night, and it was just like all these like USC kids at this bar in Perfect. Hollywood, and we had like all this like fresh shit from Europe that Quinn had like gotten us and we were just playing like insane electro in 2007 oh that no one had heard no one had heard it yeah like all night people were coming up to us like yo 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 can you play our party can you come this do this and our Uh, buddy gp who's like from la local dude uh he was like our manager that night i say that with quotations and uh he got like 30 numbers including the number of an after party that they were going to pay us to go to right from that gig and play all night at their like frat house or whatever we get in the cab or we get back in the car or whatever gigs over get in the the car the up the um off with your heads gigs over no this is this is before that this is this is getting into this is like a couple weeks before that i think gp the dude Uh our manager yeah like got us this gig somehow his friend owned the bar someone, or something yeah. or three hundred bucks or something. Hell, yeah. yeah it was it was like not even it was like you get margaritas if you oh DJ. it was for pro yeah. bono basically pro bono yeah. pro it was alcohol. our first gig yeah and we dj'd and it went really really well and we got all of these referrals and people who wanted to like book us we get in the car to go to the frat party or the sorority house immediately. or wherever yeah. immediately afterwards and like we get on the road gp lost his phone we go back oh to the bar. Oh, my God. Phone's gone forever. No so, way. Who knows what that would have led to. Lost but all the 30 numbers from that. Lost all the numbers. Dude. Yeah, just like everything. There were Fucking girls, GP, were, man. Uh, everything was in that shit, and GP lost it. Oh, and this was before yeah. Find My iPhone, man. Um, Once it's gone, it's oh, gone. Dude, it was like a brick, a Nokia brick phone. Oh, it was dude. Just, it was yeah, man. The, yeah. The, in those days, once the phone is gone, it's like, unless someone picks up when you call. Yeah. 
It's over. It was over. So just like that, it was over. And we were like, all right, what are we going to do? We just like lost so much momentum. Uh-huh. We gained and lost so much momentum. It's like it never happened. And yeah. then uh, we decided, oh, we're going to do our own party. So we found this guy who had a warehouse in Skid Row. It had a sound system in it. He was going to rent it to us for like 600 bucks or something. Mm-hmm. So we made a little flyer. We went to Staples. We got it. Co- we got like 4,000 cop things copied and then for six weeks we stood out in front of the echoplex and there's this place called i think the airliner and echo park and we would just go to all the different venues all the different parties okay i know like uh somebody like steve aoki was having a party on tuesdays at cinespace or something like okay. that there were all these like parties where like Bloghouse was like you know bubbling up what's Bloghouse? It's just like it's it's like uh, bloggy house. <laughs> bloggy house. Yeah, B L O G H A U S. You know, like it's like the bloody beetroots back then, or like fake blood. You know, <laughs> blog house night. Yeah, at the Echoplex. There you go. That was this it. is literally like, it. This was the shit. This like this was what we loved. Yeah, like oh, this, justice. Oh, know? yeah. This okay, is okay. Ass. Yeah, I remember this. But we had this shit before anyone else really had this shit. At least in LA. Oh. And anyway, we we made all these flyers. We had this huge fucking. We like did it for weeks and weeks and weeks. We got rid of uh-huh. all the flyers. We had the party, and it w- was going really really well. We like had this warehouse. We were DJing. And were people buying tickets at the door because the internet? People wasn't were really... buying tickets on the door because yeah. there was no there was no Eventbrite. No, we had this guy Paul the porn star. He was some <laughs> porn star that we met. <laughs> really? Yeah. And he ran the security. He was the door guy. And our buddy, like, did you ever see his dick? Was it was it huge? I never saw his dick. Oh actually. damn. I think he he got an STD like really shortly after. I don't know how long lived his porn career. It sucks was. for him. Yeah. You can't have that in porn. He was man. a good guy, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, like, basically, I two kids from class were running the bar. We went out and bought a bunch of bad vodka. And uh-huh. ice. we had our CD, like CDJs and shit from yeah. our apartment because Quinn had bought them. Uh-huh. And we had this big party, and it was going really well. And it was maybe like one or two in the morning. Mm-hmm. And we're like thinking we're the best DJs in the world. And then the dance floor just empties, completely empties. And, like, I'm just like, oh, fuck, we suck. Like, this isn't going to work out yeah. for us. And then a friend comes up running, and he's just like, yo, shots fired, shots fired, shots fired. Go out to the smoking section. Four people have been shot. What? No joke. Shot. <laughs> Fucking crazy. Apparently, an ecstasy deal had gone wrong. Some guy borrowed an ecstasy pill from another guy. The guy asked him for his money. He said, I'm not paying you. He said, I want my money. Boom. Capped him. Unloaded a whole fucking clip of bullets into the smoking section of this party. Oh, shit. Crazy. Madness. So nobody died. No I want to start with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes the story a little bit lighter. A lot better. A lot better. Wow. Nobody died. Um, What was this? This was in Hollywood. In, this was in no. This was in Skid Row. Oh, okay. This was okay. on Los Angeles and this was in Skid Row. Fourth okay. Street or something that makes like a lot this. more sense. Downtown. Yeah. yeah. Like it was downtown. It was it was a, a funky neighborhood. But anyway, like this whole thing happens. We managed to get these kids in an ambulance and get our equipment and 
grab all of our friends and get them in a car and leave the parking lot before the LAPD shows Holy up. Holy shit. Which is insane. But like, it, we, it was like incredible. Was there no record of you guys renting the Dude, place? Right? of course there's no record. We rented it from some guy, you know, some like Swedish <laughs> yeah, guy exactly. who's probably squatting in there yeah. or something, you know? But anyway, we got everybody out. Like, we got these kids in an ambulance and we like jetted out, get home. Like, you know, we're all obviously like really riled up. Uh, about an hour after we get back to the place, we get a phone call from a buddy who's like, this is our friend. He's just like, Hey man, yo, um, so we're in a, we're in a police precinct. Um, we didn't realize that something had happened outside. Uh, we, we had just both taken like three hits of acid and it came on and then everyone left the party and we were like kind of like really having a good time because like all of a sudden we were just in this warehouse by ourselves and we were tripping and shit was crazy and then these two cops walk in and they say that we're eyewitnesses to a potential homicide (laughs) so now we're in the police station and we're wondering if you could come get us i'm like dude no like i love you like don't say anything yeah but like ride out the trip just ride it out and just shut your mouth up and don't say a fucking word I'm like, when are you? When can you leave? He's like, well, we can't leave until you know the the guy who got shot in the chest has to get out of he has to get out of surgery because if he dies, then we're witnesses to the homicide. Damn. Yeah. So that fucked. I mean, it was already fucked, but then it was just no. Like, that's oh, like great. another now level. Of now fucked. maybe we're going to jail. And uh, and then like a couple hours later, we hear a knock on the door, and uh-huh. it's the two of them, and they're like, he pulled through, man. <laughs> They let us go. And I was just like, all right, this is like... And that was your first rendezvous into throwing parties. That was our first real party that we threw. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Like, it should have it should have dissuaded us. All it did was kind of make us think, all right, LA is maybe not a safe place to be doing illegal things These like this. Underground parties and stuff. Yeah. Like so the, that's when we moved back to New York. The cult... Is the underground party culture in LA not the same, I guess, as it is in New York? I mean, back then, back then, yeah, like people forget like how fucked up downtown LA used to be. Yeah, it's Skid gentrified Row. Really, I mean, it's still Skid Row. Still Skid Row. Still Skid I Row. Mean, it's worse, probably worse than ever as far as homeless people. Yeah, but like, it was felt really dangerous. Do you know why it's called then. Skid Row? I don't. Do I, you? No, no. I'm curious. I'm like, I've always wondered I why. I mean, it's a row. Yeah, it's a. It's like Skid. frat row, except. Skid, row. Skid feels like dirt. Some There's definitely of... a Wikipedia on it. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, for sure. Is, we uh, need the etymology. Uh, etymology etymology of it. Third right Street. So the Skid Row contains one of the stable populations, five to 8,000 of homeless people. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Oh, it's oh etymology. Here yeah, we go. There you go. Term Skid Row or Skid Road, referring to an area of a city where people live who are on the skids, derives from a logging term. Loggers would transport their logs to a nearby river by sliding them down roads made from greased skids. Loggers who accompany them to the bottom of the road would wait there for transportation back up the hill to logging camp. By extension, the term began to be used for places where people with no money, nothing to do gathered, becoming the generic term for a depressed street in a city. I mean, I don't really get the jump from (laughs) loggers to homeless people, but I guess that's the etymology. I don't know, man. Interesting. <laughs> All I know is that wow. it's still funky there Oh, now, for sure. But, like, 
it was dangerous. Okay, so you're ten years ago. So yeah. you're whatever nineteen. You just threw your first party, and someone got yeah, shot in the chest. It, and people then, took it really lightly. Like it was, it was kind of amazing how it. Like we didn't get in more trouble. Like yeah, it's insane. It's insane. I mean, we definitely like left LA two weeks later because we were worried that somebody that, like, would connect someone was, it. Yeah. But um, on the so, MySpace page the next day, people were just like, wow, that party was banging, literally. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, huh. You're like, you're making jokes about someone right, getting well, shot. Well, that's, uh, okay. What, uh, how long were you in LA? I was there for a year. Oh, this all, this all happened in... This all happened in inside a of year. a year. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. To me, it sounded like six weeks. No, I mean, okay. all kinds of things happened. When I, there was a lot of reasons why I felt like leaving LA. That was the the like straw that broke yeah that's probably the main reason my i also had a car out there that a friend drove into a parked uh mobile home okay (laughs) where a family was living nobody nobody got hurt either again actually this story is almost too dark to tell (laughs) did anyone die nobody died nobody was even injured okay lives were ruined but not by injury well yeah i mean (laughs) their lives are already pretty shitty in this mobile home so you just took away the only home they had great yeah i mean it gets worse but i'm not even getting it. it's okay we don't have to yeah um anyway that was our first big party and then we're like all right let's get out of la like we're gonna get arrested eventually Uh so we did and we came back here and we started doing all of these like you know random bar gigs and djing that like quinn still with quinn this Uh was just quinn and i and then i got a gig uh interning for like a really good promotion company and that's where i met bobby maybe once or twice before but that's Mm -hmm. where we sort of kind of connected and i had been interning uh at this place for like a year and as like a going away present she Mm -hmm. offered to like promote a party for us Okay. So we came up with rinsed. It was just like, I remember the copy of the first email, which was just like, we're sick of expensive parties and we're sick of people that take things seriously. Uh-huh. And we want everything to be cheap and stupid. And yeah, that's yeah. like the theme is like just cheap and stupid. $2 with the $2 bill, like free without one. Just like everything was kind of opposing and stupid and opposing ridiculous. like a $40 cover to get into something. Yeah. Right? Or like yeah. $200 cover. Yeah. But it's actually a dollar. Just yeah. anything that was kind of like nonsensical. And then she let us blast it through her email list, which was huge. And how, that kind of like, how many people did you have at the first party? Maybe a hundred people. It's pretty good. It was good. It was at a loft at this place okay. uh, in Brooklyn Public Assembly. Rest in peace. Jeez, R.I.P. It was a great. It was actually so they were a, like a club, a proper club where bands uh-huh. played. And then upstairs, next to their office, there was just like this room that had no license, and it was just totally illegal. But you could rent it, and they just kept the bar. <laughs> so that's where we did it. It was always kind of illegal in the beginning. But Shit. Yeah. We did it there for maybe a year or two. You, and were you throwing it like what once every month or once every two it months? Once a month, um, and so not making any money off of it, or like not really. I mean, we're yeah. we're making maybe a couple hundred bucks covering the expenses and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, so nothing. Just yeah. basically having fun and 
learning yeah. how to throw. At this point, where you're like, "This is what I want to do," though, you're like, "I think totally. I could do this." Okay, yeah, yeah, you were you were all in. It, well, it was like, okay, we've been DJing now for like years, and nobody really has ever cared other than maybe that one moment where mm -hmm. JP lost his phone, and <sighs> this was like, okay, people are coming. We're yeah. not even booking any guests, and people are coming to this hear is 2010. us DJ. Yeah, yeah. And then Quinn moved to Tokyo, and Damn. and then it was Bobby and I, and our old partner who doesn't love me anymore, but I oh, always sad. love her. And um, so you started growing it. Did you get all like uh, were you getting email? Like how was this? Was it still all through like word of mouth after the first? So we email just started blaster? nailing up like we would do what's called a two dollar poster campaign. Okay. So there's a pharmacy near. Uh, like where we were doing the parties and for a nickel you could make a copy of a thing so okay. we would go and get like two dollars worth of nickels and we would just print out insane signs that made no sense like okay it would literally just say like you know justin timberlake's dick that's an example of a sign or you know like where do babbies come from was another sign that was like where do a, babbies come from yeah it was like a early meme or something it's just like the dumbest shit or or like yeah. maybe he hasn't called because he's washing his hands just like yeah like dumb little <laughs> saying enough to where you're like what is this yeah just yeah. like and we would make maybe 50 different ones that all made no sense okay and then we would just stick rinse down the bottom of it and we would go around with a staple yeah. gun and we would put them everywhere and we would break into buildings and put them on the bolton boards <laughs> And Wait, how are you getting into these buildings? <laughs> People would walk out, and we would walk in, and they would have Bolton boards, and we'd start tacking them on everywhere. And so, were you waiting, or you just saw it happen, and you were just like, "Oh, it's going there." We were opportunistic. When we saw an opportunity, we would go oh. do that. Then we discovered glue, and like that, you could make glue with flour and water. So we would go, like, we would start printing bigger posters, and uh -huh. we would start pasting them to buildings and shit all over the bricks. You can make glue with flour and water. Wheat paste. And it works? Yeah. It works really well. That's what a lot of the shit on, you see on the streets is. Oh, shit. For real? Yeah. Just flour and water. And they just it up. rub it on. And, oh, yeah. so you would, just, you would just be illegally plastering these things everywhere. Yeah, we'd walk around with a bucket of glue uh -huh. and a bunch of posters. And somebody would look around, make sure the cops wasn't coming, yeah. and would stick these posters up. So once they're up, you can't get it. No one's going to contact Rinsed and be like, hey, you're illegally advertising here? They could, but no one ever did. Because really? our posters never looked like party posters. They always were like... Oh, they looked like they weren't advertising anything to be sold. It looked like it was just like a statement. Yeah, it looked like it was some kind of weird abstract art. Oh. Because they're always just weird statements. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. One time we posted one that was just like a Kanye West lyric that was, I forgot what the, it was a summer party and no one wanted to come because uh -huh. everyone was going to the Hamptons or whatever. Yeah. And there was like a Kanye lyric that was like, you know, uh, fuck you and your Hamptons spouse came in her Hamptons mouth and yeah, on her yeah. Hamptons blouse. blouse. Yeah, yeah. So we just printed that out on like a 24 by 36, like enormous poster with a bucket of glue. And we just postered them everywhere. 
Jeez. And, you know, like you see that if you're a cop and you just probably like chuckle and and drive on. Like, yeah, you're like, you what the hell is that? You don't assume there's any commerce. Yeah, just like Brooklyn is so weird. <laughs> yeah, you just drive by. <laughs> totally. I remember you gave out at one point um, floppy disks, and one of them said on it like, "I've heard, I heard he, I heard he has like a seven and a half inch floppy." <laughs> yeah, or something like that. So yeah, we were always like trying to do there's all there's so this is new york city you yeah know? every night there's a hundred thousand things to do and some of them are good some of them are bad some of them are good mm-hmm. and like our thing is good but like there's other good shit too so how do you stick out like yeah i feel like there's a tradition in new york especially of of trying to get as creative as possible to stand out from the crowd i know there's yeah. this a huge influence was uh, this club called Area that was in uh, Tribeca in the 80s. Uh-huh. They came up with really incredible uh, marketing techniques. Like, like what? Like a, a pill that you would dissolve in water and then a piece of plastic would float to the top of the glass and tell you where the party was. Seriously? Swear to God. Or an egg. They emptied out like thousands of eggs with like a straw they like drill the hole in suck uh-huh. the yolk out and put like little pieces of like polyethylene in there you know with like a note invitation. or something yeah like a little party invite and so they had to you, so it would come to, to your around? house in a box this was like back when you could get addresses of people like easier but like oh you, they would just send them out they'd send them out in the mail and you would oh. just like you get your bills and your checks and then you get this box and like what's in the box holy fuck there's this egg in the like, box what is this there's yeah. this pill in, in a ring case in the box this there's, is before anthrax yeah. yeah i mean there was like anyway that was like a huge inspiration for us so we started we did a party called coke yacht and we were like yeah. how do we I've get to a couple of them yeah. yeah how do we get the word out about this we went out and bought up like a million Coke bags and uh-huh. instead of putting Coke in it, we put a little flyer in it. Oh, and so what, you went to parties and just dropped them on the so floor? we go to parties, drop them out on the floor, or we'd like pass it. Yeah. We'd deal them out to people and everyone <laughs> thought it was drugs. Put it in your pocket, you forget Until about later. it. Yeah. You get home and it's in your pocket. Yeah, so, and it's like Coke yacht. Yeah. Oh, So we started shit. doing that and then we would theme the parties and every theme would be like something else. The floppiest party was a party called Error 404. Uh-huh. And that one we did anonymously. Nobody knew it was rinsed because we were just like trying to. It was kind okay. of an experiment to see if we could do it without using our name. How'd it go? It went. I mean, it sold out. It went really, yeah, really well. Okay. We just like wandered around the streets with these floppy disks, passing them out, and we put some posters up. And we sent all these. We made all these individual videos that had your name in them, like edited into the video. And we would just send them as attachments to people. And it'd be like, "Hey, Marcus, like we know where you live. Like, come to this party." <laughs> Like, Wait, what the fuck? Yeah. Who how'd you get the people's names? I mean, there are people who would subscribe to the rinse list, but we just started a new thi- a new list. Oh, and, and it didn't say rinse people Got out. It. Okay. And it came from this Russian like email address. Yeah. From some and it was super broken English and the video was glitched out as fuck and people like maybe you got a floppy disk and then you got this email and it's like well what is this yeah like what the hell is this and that's like a lot more enticing I think than your friend being like yo I'm DJing at Mercury Lounge will you come yeah like I think the whole thing that we've always tried to do is um make it feel like we're offering you something as opposed to you doing us a favor 
And I think that... By coming. Yeah, you're giving them a service. Yeah. But, I mean, I get invited to a million events a day. And, you know, I don't go to any of them. Because it feels like... Like you're asking me for something. And I think that's how party promotion feels a lot to people. As hey, like, come to this party. Yeah. Hey, come to this party. Like, please, will you come to my party? I need people at my party. You're a person. You'd be helping me if you came to this party. It'll be fun. Well, there'll be alcohol there that you'll have to buy. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. it's just like you're asking someone to do something for you. Uh-huh. And I think the idea of flipping it around and being like, Here, there's a party happening. It's going to be great. Here's all the evidence that we've put a lot of thought into it. And if you don't come, I don't fucking care. Yeah. And that's a lot more enticing. It's like the idea of, um, you know, attraction rather than promotion. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's a good way to think about it. It's a lot more creative, too. Because, yeah, then at least someone goes like, oh, this person put in some effort into this. I mean, the, the Coke bags is great. You've done a bunch of different things as well. I mean, your hotel keys for the oh, one that you helped yeah. us with. And what, yeah. So what, are you, were you just passing those out? Yeah. We went to, there was like, the where full do you moon go to pass them out? at yeah. Governor's Island. Oh, so are you going to other events? 11 o'clock. Oh, okay. So we knew that at 11 o'clock there were 80 ferries that got were going to go to the ferry station. Mm-hmm. So we got like six people. We all put on some kind of outfit of some kind. Okay. And we passed out the keys. <laughs> and then we did we did a Halloween party where the theme was don't sleep. So we got I remember like that one. hundreds of prescription pill bottles with mints in them with a fake pill called non-dormital on it. And we yeah, would yeah. just walk around and pass out these bottles of pills. Oh, shit. <laughs> and it's great because if anyone stops you, they're like, hey, you're giving out drugs? You're like, not at all. No, it's a mint. Totally. Yeah. Oh shit! That's a, and it's like something to hold on to instead of an something, email. Yeah. Whereas now you get you know a million of those and totally. they go away. Or even you know or like you know when I was younger it was a handbill you'd get a little fucking flyer like yeah you you don't want that it's bad design it's cumbersome it's annoying at least you get we did a party called lather we handed out little bars of soap. We'd, so you're putting in more effort and money in terms of the promotion, but you've seen it uh, return like you've seen the returns from it. Like those the soap bars can't be cheap. The soap bars are cheap. People don't realize that it's it's more effort than money. It's like it's just you can go buy soap bars on Amazon. You can buy a thousand hotel soap bars for okay. like thirty bucks. Holy you know? shit! And then you just have to go through the trouble of putting a thousand stickers on. Yeah, them, which like, who gives a shit? Yeah, just who do it. Who gives a shit? Yeah, I mean other things the keys those are you we you can get a lot of a thousand keys on ebay for like 60 bucks really yeah they don't go to anywhere wow. yeah, yeah they're, they're, <laughs> they're on they're keys. uncarved keys and yeah. then you get the little fobs you can get like hundreds of those for you know however much damn money. okay and that's it and it's all like it's way easier than anyone thinks it's just you have to go through the trouble of of doing it and then the worst part is going out and p- passing them out because that's really it takes like five that's hours. the art it's the art is like not even coming up with it or producing the thing, okay. But it's convincing people to take it. Like, how do you do that? You have to do it with confidence. You have to look yeah. people in the eye and uh-huh. make it seem like you're giving them something good. Yeah. You have to be ambiguous enough that people are intrigued. Like, you can't say this is a party invitation. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, people will just tell you to go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and. 
it's really just about like the confidence. I think if you make eye contact with someone and you hand them something, they're going to take it for the most part. Yeah, but like part. if you're giving me the pill case, are you yeah. like, hey, enjoy these? Yeah. I mean, no. I think for the pills, we were saying like, don't sleep. I think that was the pitch is don't sleep. Oh, uh, okay. You know? Yeah, it's pretty good. And you, and you take you're that. like, what? And then if people don't take it, you just say, oh, this is a Banksy. You're going to regret it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's a ba- I think Austin said that to me once. He's yeah. like, it's a Banksy. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. That's what you say. That's if smart. No one will take it. Exactly. This is this is gonna be worth <laughs> yeah six hundred thousand dollars. Like I'm giving you a yeah. million dollars, and it's gonna be shredded that. and then worth yeah. even more. People turn around when you tell them it's a Banksy. They'll they'll get it. Did you see that the Banksy thing that he did? The shredder. In, the shredder. Yeah. People think like Sotheby's was in on it or. Like, All I know is that it's definitely more valuable now. Oh, than it's it a lot more. Before. Now it's like three times as valuable. Yeah. So it was genius. Yeah, and people were like, "Oh, th- like him doing this, he knew it was gonna happen, so like it's not even that cool." I'm like, "You guys are fucking hating. Like that's dope that he did that. <laughs> yeah. Like someone went to an auction and knew they were gonna do it and was like, "Yeah, let's shred that shit." Yeah, totally. I don't know if they knew it or not, but I think it's great. I think, yeah, I think just. Doing anything rebellious right now feels good. I think that's kind of the best thing about living in a time that we're living in right now is that uh-huh. it feels like there's a lot of opportunity to be uh, creative in a way that's like really innocent and like, you know, I don't know. We, we did these like really kind of small parties that we've been talking about in the beginning and then they got mm-hmm. much bigger and we were bringing bigger talent and like when did you start to, to notice a noticeable like increase in the amount of people or like when all of a sudden it started uh selling out or you got a really big email list like how long well, into rinsed we started maybe for a year we didn't mm-hmm. have any guests so okay. it was just, just you and um, bobby quinn and i and then quinn left to japan and it was just bobby and i and it was going really well and people started more people started coming and we wanted to enjoy the party so we would bring in a guest so that we could dance you know that was like Got the it. first reason for bringing in guests and then we realized some certain guests bring Way more people. Way more people, So yeah. then we started trying to get the guests that would bring more people. And then it started growing. And then once it got bigger, you get a little taste of a bigger crowd, a little uh-huh. bit more money. And it's like, all right, how do we get that all how the do time. We keep this going? So we yeah. would get bigger people. Then we started working with the agents and we started getting actual like headliner type people. Oh, you people. started contacting agents of... Big musical, of real, yeah, pro- popular. Like we started first with all the people we knew around town, yeah, yeah, and underground. Maybe the people that they knew, and then uh-huh. it was like, all right, we'll we'll reach out to some agents and try to get some like, let's try to steal someone away from somebody that would have played at you know, uh, not Marquee Williamsburg but, yeah. Music Hall or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. We'll get that person, and so we started doing that, and then it got much bigger really quickly. But it was still high production. It started getting really stressful mm-hmm. doing that every month. New theme, new invite, new concept, big artist, lots of tickets. And then... It's a lot to produce each month. It was a lot to do. And it was always in a different location every single month. So you couldn't yeah. really get anything stable. Um, and then it started getting so big. It was like... it's It kind of had its moment and then it felt like it stopped being fun. 
Okay. You know, it just like. Was this like four years in or? Yeah, maybe four or five years in. It was like, all right, like we've seen this small. We've seen this big. We've seen this where we get to DJ the whole time. We've seen Mm -hmm. this where we give most of the time to a A couple guests. a, A guest. Yeah. And like, I think it felt like that format was like not important anymore. Like it felt like also in the time, like there was kind of a vacuum when we started this for doing underground Underground. events with like international DJs that there have been moments where that has happened in New York's history. But when we started it, it was kind of like a lull in that cycle. It almost reminds me a little bit of at least what you hear about. I mean, not exactly, but like the mega clubs in the eighties and stuff, like when the Palladium was around Yeah, and like there were 2000 people and some giant club and it was underground and yeah. Well, I mean, when we, when we started, it was like kind of a a reaction also to the closure of this club studio B, Mm -hmm. which was our favorite club. And it was shut down by the community board. And that was like, just because they were loud and they opened up the roof and it was just, it was so loud and, and then the community board just sucked. So, you know, that was our place where we would go and listen to all the DJs that we liked and it closed down. And, you know, like it felt like there was this kind of void of you know, there was this other party called Rubelod, which was really cool. Like it was in a warehouse and it was really funky, but the music wasn't that good. Yeah. And then there were plenty of places where the music was good, but the venue kind of wasn't that Shit. interesting. So there was this special kind of vacuum where we were able to come in and build something that was like a fusion of like art party at a weird place with internationally known DJ and that format lasted for a while until, you know, a lot of other things started popping up. You know, City Fox, like, st- started happening and okay. Verboden started happening. Heard and of Verboden, yeah. All these big, big, big money people started getting into the, like, warehouse international DJ thing. And it kind of, like, ma- it, like it just made it less special, you know? Okay. We still kept doing it, but it just made it less special. And then I think we started doing the coke out party more seriously, like more than once a year. Yeah. Like two or three times a year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's kind of when we realized like, this is actually the most fun when it's just us DJing. Like, like no guests, but just like super low key, stupidest theme ever. Yeah. Like just doing blow on it. Yeah. (laughs) Just like, you know, the party's called Coke Yacht. It's dumb. It's, yeah. It's funny. It's just two words, and you know what it is already. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, this is kind of the... We need to regress back to something that's, like, less, like, smart and well-produced into something that's a little more dumb and fun. House music on a boat. Yeah. House music exactly. on a boat. It's fun. And I think that right now we're experiencing this time now that the EDM bubble has, like, burst and it's just everywhere and it's ubiquitous and it's like yeah. pop music now like all of these uh dance music people are trying to be very serious like they're trying to sell all their events is very serious it's the brooklyn electronic music festival it's like this is a serious festival about electronic music there's like all of these kinds of uh events that are happening all around the country there's one that happened in la a couple of weeks ago that's just like 
serious dance music like this is for the heads only like this is you know like this what is was it called I, I don't remember you could look it up it was downtown it was just like it, it struck me as so silly when it's like the is, opposite of house music it's the opposite of what this is all yeah. about like this is all really about like it started like with people in chicago and detroit that really just didn't have an outlet to dance like uh-huh. the way that they wanted to with no rules and you know, a lot of them were gay or minorities and they didn't have like a safe space to just like, yeah. do whatever they wanted without people judging them. And now it's become this thing where it's just like, it's just who's on the bill. What are the set times? It's, it's this whole serious rigid structure. It's becoming like Coachella everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But like that may work for people. And I think that that's great if it does. But for me, it's always been about being stupid, having fun, and being a place where you can really escape. Like, we're living in a really twisted time, and I think that mm-hmm. people really need, like, we're policing each other. Everything is serious. Like, everything is either politically correct or or just, like, offensive or serious yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or, like, too, like, so cool. There's so many artists that I hear that, like, artsy people like that are really cool but you listen to their music and it's not fun and it's just like yeah yeah people are trying to like make a statement more than just like dick yeah, around it's all and... a statement it's all political it's all like serious and i think that now we've found ourselves in the middle of a new renaissance which is regression uh-huh. into something stupid as yeah. fuck <laughs> like that's really just like not really supposed to mean or say anything. Okay. Like, it's supposed to be cheap and accessible to everyone. Yeah, like a $20 ticket. like Minimum. Not, yeah. Like, maximum. Yeah. Like, or less. You know, the new party that we're doing in LA next week is... I saw one... Um, th- you have something going on for the midterms, right? Well, we uh, blasted it today, so we had okay. to announce something related to the midterms. Ah. It's a pool party in LA uh-huh. with no pool. There's no pool. It's just in a big parking lot. Great. And, you know, it features things such as open bar all night with Mm -hmm. proof of recent divorce. (laughs) And we've already gotten divorce papers emailed to us. Ah, People are capitalizing on this. You know? Really? Yeah. It's free to enter, $20 to leave. You know? That's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just stupid shit. And that's like, that's really like all I want is like my statement is. Everything is serious. Like, just if you're throwing a party, remember what a party is, you know? Yeah, it's trying to get away from like normal life and, and partying and just to, to forget about shit. Yeah. Yeah. And have a good time. That's it. It's just like and it's again, it's 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 this um it's this like value proposition. Like when you're throwing a party, like if you say, yo, all my friends, I'm having a party at my house tonight. Mm-hmm. We have tons of booze. It's going to be fun. This person who is funny is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Like, we might put some stupid movie on the TV. Like, would you rather go to that or would you rather go to, like, serious techno party with Gunther Wugenstein from Amsterdam DJing all night long? It's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, like, I don't care. I don't dude. care. No, and that's that's what I've learned is that nobody cares. Yeah, no one has time to care. There's so much shit going on. It's like, yeah. no one gives a fuck. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. The best parties we've ever done have had no guests, 
and have been stupid themes and have been done last second. I mean, one of the best parties I went to that you threw was one in an abandoned uh, apartment mm-hmm. that we showed up at, and we were there for like for like two hours, and yeah. then thirty minutes after we left, the power got shut off. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And you guys walked in with your decks and just started DJing. Yeah, we set we tried to find a place on the kitchen table to set up the How decks. did you even find that apartment? How's our buddy Oliver's uh cuz it was an entire complex. Yeah. Like it was multiple floors and I remember walking around there being like there should not be this many people in this apartment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it just didn't like people were jumping like up and down and I could feel the apartment swaying with it. Like it was a condemned apartment. That's the New York tradition though. Like the New York tradition is and it's the LA tradition. It's the tradition of, of youth everywhere, yeah. which is the free. The yes. free is a concept that I would love everyone to know about. And the free is just uh-huh. the free. The free is when your mom or dad is out of town. Yes. You know, Project they're on X. holiday <laughs> and you have the free crib. And yeah. when you've got the, oh, free, the free crib, crib. everyone free. is going to do whatever they want to do. Shit's going to get broken, like, but everyone is going to have fun. Yeah. And like, that's the energy that I think is missing. The from, free like, is nice. We need to like remember what it felt like before all of this was allowed and add this kind of danger, which is like the surprises that we try to bring to all these parties or the weird location that you might find yourself in. Um, but really it should just be about fun and like being as stupid as possible because in your regular life, you have to be really serious. Yeah. Most of the time, unless, you know, unless your job is like yours, which is to, (laughs) well, no, I've been doing a very regular job the past year. Yeah. You've been producing a lot of events that I've been involved with. Yeah. Which is always interesting to see you there. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got to make a living, but. I think that's that's another reason why uh, Rinsed is heading in a better direction is because so, it's like it, it was about fun and then uh-huh. it kind of evolved into a business. Yeah. But the business wasn't fun. So now it's just separation. Did you ever think about like bringing on a couple more people like onto the team so they could curate art and the event and who is going to be on it. So you would, you could just run it and oversee all of it to make it more fun for you. Absolutely. We brought in lots of people throughout the years that help us. I think, um, it's tricky. You know, maybe we'll start something new where we can Mm -hmm. bring people in from the beginning, but I think there's a very specific kind of flavor that, uh, we've gotten down Bobby and I together at this point. Uh, I think the premise is that it's supposed to feel like an inside joke. That's like kind of the sauce of rinsed. Is yeah. Like, and it seems like a lot of the same people come back. Like you got a lot of repeat customers. We have repeat customers. We have a lot of French clientele. Really? Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how. In fact, if you're French and you're listening, please email us and tell us how you found out about rinsed because... I think there are more French people at Rinse than New Yorkers now, and I don't know why. We love having you. Yeah, you guys are but great. I'm, I'm but I'm genuinely curious how you have found out about us. Um, I lost my train of thought. No, no, it's okay. So is it is it now becoming like less of a once a month fully curated uh, art installation party. Well, you're now th- you're we're throwing doing ones like once every couple of months or yeah, we're doing it whenever we want to. Coquette okay. will happen in the summer 
And now we're kind of moving some of the more elaborate production stuff to L.A. because okay. I think that... That's why you've been in L.A. so many times. Yeah. Because I was curious. I was like, why do you... No, we're starting We're starting to do more stuff in L.A. I think that uh-huh. New York is a place with lots of people, lots of clever mm-hmm. people, lots of creative people, lots of people that make a lot of money doing their day jobs that need a creative outlet at, at, night. at night. Yeah, There's a lot of stuff going on here. And I think that when we started, we were younger and there was this little vacuum and it was really like fun to experiment with new shit and get away with it. And I think that uh, since then, a lot of really great, promoters and producers have on. come onto the scene um in la however there really isn't that much going on that fuses the weird art party with this kind of curated thoughtful dance music it just they there's it's not an la vibe it's just, it just it, hasn't I think it can there. be an oh, LA for sure vibe, can, but, but yeah. it's not, it's like from what we've seen so far, yeah. it's not really there right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's plenty of cool artsy parties and house parties and like fun things where there's great art happening and there are tons of warehouses that have a little blinking light and a DJ playing, but yeah. I haven't seen a lot of stuff where they're equally important oh okay and i think that in new york i can name at least many like i can name both my hands like parties that are doing that now really okay besides club fox and verboten and yeah Yeah, man there's there's so many cool parties that are really pushing it where do people find out about these you gotta know where to look you gotta know where to look restlessnights.com is a good place to look Resident advisor, resident you know advisor, where to yeah. find nonsense. New York, shout out Jeff Stark. That is always uh-huh. a good place to find cool shit. Okay, but um, yeah, I think LA is exciting because we've been in New York for eight years now. Yeah, it's everybody time to... has been to a rinse party. Okay, <laughs> like in LA, no one's even really heard of it. Not a lot of people. I mean, we've done Except a couple for parties. Pokeyot is out there. Yeah, or... and we did a warehouse party last year, and it was it was a blast. Yeah, and I think people really enjoyed it because it was like, it was what we wanted it to be. We went really, we spent a ton of money on the decor, mm-hmm. and we spent no money on the DJs. Uh, and that's yeah. how I think a party should be. Yeah, no, everyone's a DJ. Yeah, exactly. Everyone, You're a DJ. Everyone I know is you a DJ have a good now. Spotify playlist on yeah. that phone. <laughs> Yeah, literally everyone thinks they're a DJ or is a DJ now with all their playlists. Mm-hmm. You'll follow me on Spotify. Yeah. Fully. Everyone's a DJ. As long as the music is good, it's secondary. Like, yeah. And in fact, sometimes you book a DJ and it's not even good music. Like, sometimes you book a DJ because they made a song and they don't even play that song. Like, really, you want good DJs, like, not good producers whose songs you like. Yeah, and you want people that are in the moment are going to be mixing really good stuff. Because, yeah, I mean, I the, the craziest thing for me, or not crazy, but a thing I've seen is where you see someone on lineup and you like a couple of songs they produced, mm-hmm. and then you go to see them spin, and it, like, sucks. Yeah, because like, most fuck? of these people aren't DJs. And people forget DJing is, it's an art, and it's an art yeah. of psychology more yeah, than anything knowing else. Yeah, knowing what the, what the like, da- people are feeling, knowing what energy, totally. like, what song energy. Tec- like, technical DJs yeah. that are good at mixing two tracks together, anyone can do that. Yeah. And, you know, people who can produce a good song... They're, you know, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's awesome that like maybe a good DJ will play that song. 
But like, yeah, but like Dead Mouse isn't spinning for five hours. Yeah, like, he that might shit's be a, so boring. Yeah, he might be a good DJ, but he's better at producing. Or yeah. was. I don't even know what he's doing. Sure. There. But yeah. The best, like, there are some DJs in New York, like, the guys from Tiki Disco, Ellie Lloyd yeah. and Andy, those guys are so good <laughs> at, DJing. at DJing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I don't. I guess Ellie produces good tunes too, but like they're they're just good selectors. Yeah. Jack Master, he doesn't make his own music. He's a great DJ. Crystal Clear makes his own music, but he's also a really great DJ. These are uh-huh. people that understand the psychology of a party. Like you go to a party, there's 30 people there and they're sober. You have to play music that 30 sober people are going like. to like and yeah. evolve into. You know, and it's like, it's almost at that point, it's more effective to just have an iPod with a cable plugged into it and let the 30 people who are there choose what they want to listen to rather than to fucking play your smashing techno tunes at 11 p.m., (laughs) you know? So I think like the music is really important. Uh The DJ is really important, but the name of the DJ is not really important. I don't think that should be the top thing on a flyer. And we've always tried to avoid that. We've never put, even when we have a $20,000 DJ playing at Rinsed, we wouldn't put his name on the flyer. We would call it, we would call it the theme of the party. It's Rinsed Surveillance. It's Rinsed Museum. It's Uh Rinsed Love Hotel. It's Rinsed This. And the theme of the party and the fun of the party. Okay supersedes whoever the dj is because the people who are coming to the party would know that there'd probably be a good dj there yeah we want you to expect that we have chosen a good dj that you'll want to dance to you got their back yeah Yeah. and we don't want you just coming to instagram the dj because you like them we'd rather you stumble in and not know who the dj is and have fun because the party is fun yeah exactly oh this party's so cool yeah yeah that's it that that is the that that's the free that's the that's the free it's the free just, is such a good term yeah fuck you're making me think about it in high school when it was like someone had a free house you're fucking right is the best nothing better best feeling nothing better and you, that party that you mentioned at Oliver's yeah. house was the same thing it was like his parents were gone he would just gotten back into town he decided to have some people over things got out of control the power went out we couldn't get it back on how did it go out. I don't know, he, but he was high on mushrooms. He couldn't figure out where the <laughs> breaker box was. Like that, th- those things are the best. We used to do parties in warehouses that were not ever meant to have a party, and the power would go out. And okay. people, certain people like the DJ might freak out. Okay, be like, "Why is the power out?" Uh-huh. And I'm just like, "Dude, have you seen this place? Like, this is the theater of this party right yeah. now, dude. Like, this is the like this is." another act in the play yeah yeah yeah. you know now everyone everyone all 700 people are panicking yeah. where's the power are they gonna get it fixed is this on purpose is this an accident uh-huh. what the fuck? there's drama yeah. and then the music comes back on and the party's better than better it was than before it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know so it's like i think people might uh if I could instill any wisdom on the next generation, because I'm old and I'm not going to do this forever. What are you, like 30, bro? I'm 30, but yeah. I've been doing this for 12 years yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I guess since you're 18, yeah. And uh, I would just say, make sure the music is good, but it's not, like, don't spend too much time thinking about who's going to draw a crowd musically. Okay. Make your own crowd by creating a compelling thing to come to. Like you know, you're right because they, I um, I've gone to someone I really like, 
mm-hmm. but it's been at like um, an okay venue. Mm-hmm. Like I'll give you an example. I went to see the magician. Yeah. Uh, who's a really good DJ. Really. And good. producer. Yeah. Uh, there's that output though, mm-hmm. um, which is a good club, whatever. But that's a bummer. It was a bummer a because there was just like a couple lights behind him, and then it was just a dance floor, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's only so much you can enjoy just being in a, it just wasn't as I, and I just remember thinking like wow if this was fully produced it would have felt so much cooler with You're right. things to look at things to interact with mm-hmm. some kind of art like that is what you fully want if you if you're going out to that party and going to be a part of it totally and so yeah you're right it's like you got to have the entire if they just wanted the music they'd listen to it in their headphones i mean you got to think about it like people are so nostalgic about you know the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, like that scene, it feels like, if you think about it, it feels like nightlife was better then. And it's like, it's not that like we've gone so far in some direction that it's irreparable. It's that back then a DJ was a DJ. They were a worker. They worked they were at the club. Moving, yeah. They were no, but they were just a worker at the club. They were like the bartender or the door person. They were just somebody on salary oh. that was chosen to do that job because they picked records that people danced to. Yeah. And they were stashed away in a booth off to the side. Okay. And the the main focus of the party was the was the club. Yeah. Like and the people that you talk to the person who lights your cigarette and the person who you meet in the bathroom line and you know like and also like back then because it was everything was analog it almost felt like more i I feel like you discovered something like if you walked into a certain place and it was a you're like wow i just walked into this i had no idea what this party was whereas now you already have it on your phone you yeah, know, you know what going. it looks like yeah yeah for sure you researched all of it whereas before then that's you like, like discovered... with everything though that's like especially with travel i was watching some old uh yeah. some old movie last night and it was like on a train in europe and i was just like imagine what it must have been like like it was an alfred hitchcock movie uh-huh. uh the lady vanishes okay and it's on a train but the first scene is they're like in like Germany or Switzerland or something. Yeah. And this lady is like out on her balcony and she's hearing this song that like a local person is like singing. Yeah. And I'm just like, huh. It made me really think. I'm just like, back then in the 40s or yeah. whatever, like you had what you had. And like, if you wanted to hear some music from like, you know, the black forest in Germany or yeah. whatever. You ha- kind of had to go there. You had to be there. Yeah. <laughs> or find somebody she also who had records from she there. She couldn't Shazam that song. She, she had to either remember it uh-huh. or Forget that was it. <laughs> yeah. And then she just would be like, man, there's this one song I heard and it was amazing. And yeah. I'll probably never hear it again. Or totally. she had to go back there and then just wait to see if that person walked by again and started yeah. singing it. That's it. But yeah. like that, there was special things that occurred in their special places and you could only experience them if you went there. And now we have everything all the time in abundance. You like, if you go somewhere, you're going to know more about it than the locals do by the time you get there because you've researched it and found everything out about it. And yeah. You know where to go before you even find out. Like You have an itinerary. For- yeah. Everything is, but I mean... Going back to nightlife, like I think um, this idea that a DJ is some sort of band 
is like a new idea and I don't think that it's good. And I think output is a place that like really kind of doesn't have that much going on other than this DJ in a DJ booth that Same is like Shemansky, God yeah. standing above the subjects. Exactly. And it's like, all right, fine. Yeah. And everyone's just like drunk or drinking a beer and just like, feels like they're doing something, but they're not. Yeah. Yeah. No one's ever like, dude, you should have been an output last night. Um, I don't know. I just like, oh, it was fun, but no one is. It's nothing special. It's not an event. Business as usual. Yeah. It, it's it's shit, man. I like. I mean, unfortunately, to me, the best things are the things that are, like, the most special things are the things that are taking place somewhere where they shouldn't be, which makes them kind of yeah, makes it yeah, illegal. makes it oh, yeah, exactly <laughs> you know? the illegal stuff. Yeah, but it's what makes it more exciting because you're like, this shouldn't be happening. Yeah, which is fun. Yeah, compared to like, oh, this was sanctioned and I p- paid for this and. There's like everything is safe and mm-hmm. I know how to lead. Like, yeah. I mean, yes, you don't want to feel like the roof's going to cave in on you. Sure. Um, but if a small part of the roof caves in and you're not under it, like, oh shit, we just, yeah. I mean, I actually have an anecdote related to just this. There's Let's a great place in uh, Fort Greene. Uh-huh. I'm sure many people have been there. Okay. Um, they can only operate on Friday because it's a Hasidic neighborhood. Got and it. on Friday, the Hasids can't call the police because it's Shabbat. Because it's Shabbat. <laughs> oh, shit. So they operate on Friday nights because no, but there's no recourse on Friday nights. Wow. And uh, I actually, this is a story my friend told me. Uh-huh. But he told me it when we were there the other day. The roof is really janky. It's okay. like a it's like a dance floor, and then you walk upstairs, and it's a bar, and mm-hmm. then there's a little door, and there's a roof. And you walk around the roof, and there's soft spots on the roof, and it feels a little yeah. janky. My buddy was telling me, last time he was there, some guy fell through the roof. <laughs> and everyone was panicking, and, you know, they, like, shut the music off, and everyone ran downstairs and had to try to figure out how to get into the area of uh-huh. the building that he fell into because it wasn't in the yeah, yeah, yeah. area that everyone was in, and he fell in somewhere else. So they had to, like, navigate this whole thing, and they found, went in, and they found him, and he was okay, fine, and yeah. they brought him back over, and everyone is just, like, asking him if he's okay, panicking, yeah. trying to make sure that he's, like, his body fine. is safe. Yeah. And my buddy goes up to him and says... So how was it? <laughs> and the guy looks at him. He's like, pretty cool, actually. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, man. Yeah, that's like, it. That's it. Like, that's you it. fell through the fucking roof of the party. Like, you didn't think that was going to happen. That ain't happening at Output. Never. But, like, that's something that neither of those two people will, f- will forget. And I think, uh, to me, no matter how old I get, you know, I I haven't noticed that I have... Uh, that all of the shitty options out there, all the boring and normal options have uh-huh. become more enticing to me because I'm older. If anything, I crave the crazier shit more now. Um, yeah, vigilante um, well, <laughs> killing of lionfish. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, totally. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, dude. This was sick. I'm so happy that you had me. This was awesome, man. If anyone listens, then maybe I'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> 
Where do they find shit about rent? Just rinse.com? Rinse.it. IT. But I don't update that at all. Ah, okay. In so, fact, th- there's probably parties from the spring up there. So Where I do would, they get uh, email from it? You sh- You can sign up for the email there. Okay. Yeah, at the bottom, sign up for the email. Or you could go to Facebook slash rinsed. IT, rinse.it. Okay. Or Instagram, rinsed, because we got there first. What's the IT? It's Italian, babe. Oh, okay. It's, it's an Italian website. <laughs> well, it's like Perfect. rinsed it. Yeah, no, no, no. I got it. 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 Yo, you got any more? No, yeah. I rinsed it. Oh, I rinsed it. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got around. Awesome. Thanks so much, dude. Yeah. Thank you.